Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, Sam Harvey came on. Sam is the New Zealand record holder over the Backyard Ultra format and he's coming to Australia to run at the Masters where he's going to be aiming to break the world record of 101 hours. He's also going to be going to Biggs to run in the individual world championships in October. Here you go. Okay, g'day Sam, how are you going? Yeah, good mate, good. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Pretty good. Um, well done on your uh, top 10 finish at UTA the other day. Yeah, no, that was pretty good, eh? Just a little uh, little warm-up for next month. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. A nice little prize too with that rock and the artwork. Yeah, yeah I was very stoked with that, the, uh, <laughs> the the rock with the with the bluebird on it. Yeah. Um, so, Sam, how long have you been running for? Um... <clears throat> Seriously, only a couple of years. Uh, endurance sports wise, I've been I've been doing a bit of everything for for a long time, really. Um, yeah, I guess I guess if you nut it out, probably going back to about like under fourteens rugby would would it be would be like when I got got into sport and was getting pretty good at it and was getting fit and all that. And then, uh, and then probably my last year of high school, uh, I, I, I started going to the gym a lot, started running a lot to, um, to support my, to support my rugby. And then, uh, once I was in university, I kind of started doing a bit more endurance sport. So, so I'd always been riding bikes and stuff. And uh, and and that was how I would commute around uh, around Christchurch, and then uh, and then that led on to duathlons and triathlons and uh, boxing and a uh, whole heap of other random sports. And then uh, yeah, it's probably since two thousand seventeen, I, I guess I've started competing in in running races, just like five k's and ten k's and stuff. And then it was two thousand eighteen, I. I jumped up and uh, I did my first ultra marathon and I won that and, and broke the course record. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Ultra marathon's pretty, pretty cool. And um, I, d I did a couple more of them, a uh, 100K and then a 100 mile. And then, um, and then yeah, 20, 2021, I, I did my first backyard ultra. And that was, I guess, the, uh, the highest performance I'd ever, ever done in uh, ultra marathon format. And yeah, so so it's realistically been the last two and a bit years where I've kind of been knuckling down on the uh, on the on the running, especially the ultra distance running, and then and then kind of throwing away all the distractions, the rugby and the boxing and all all that, just so I can kind of streamline myself and get really really good at one thing. Yeah, well, you've had some, well, you've had only good results since you started. I can from all the ultras you've been in, I I can see you finished top ten in every single one um is that right it looks yeah cool. that's, that's probably right actually um oh, apart from tarawera 100 mile uh, in february i uh i, I went out with a bit <laughs> bit much of a head of steam and um and paid for it i think i i might have finished top 10 I don't, I don't think i did i think i might have finished like 12th or 13th but right. um that was yeah. the punishment i got for for getting a bit too keen early on and yeah not being smart about it but uh yeah yeah most mostly kind of uh podium results top top 10 results mm. and and what drew you toward to the um backyard ultra format 
Yeah, well, it's kind of, kind of a funny story, really. Um, so I used to live in Tennessee, uh, where obviously the Barclay and uh, and Biggs is held. Uh, I um, in 2016 I moved over there to to play and coach rugby, and um, and yeah, so I'd been going there back and forth doing doing the rugby thing for for a couple of years, and then 2019 I met my now wife and. Um, but that was just prior to COVID, and then um, because of COVID, we'd done a heck of a lot of uh, long distance. We'd uh, we'd done six months apart, and then we um, we got to see each other again. We we're like, oh fuck, we'll never do that again. Uh, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then the next stint was twelve months apart. <laughs> so um, yeah, basically we'd been apart for quite a while, and yeah, two thousand twenty one. Uh, it was only maybe two or three weeks before uh, the the Auckland race, the Riverhead relapse, that I I knew I was moving to Auckland, so I was moving to the area, and I went on running calendar, and I was just like, surely I can find some races that are in in, in the area around that time. And uh, and this and this thing popped up, uh, Riverhead relapse, uh, backyard ultra, and I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And I do a bit of research, and I see that, uh, I see the format doesn't really speak do anything for me but it's just like cool it's an ultra marathon but i see that if, if you win it you get a golden ticket to tennessee and i'm like shit i haven't seen anna in a in a while like this this could be my uh my my chance to to get back to my second home and and see my girl and see 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 the lads and uh yeah so so realistically that's what got my interest up and uh, and probably why i did so well the first time around because i I guess I had a, a, a reason, not just <laughs> not just to win. Yeah. So you did 37 hours and you were the assist, is that right? Yeah, correct. Yep. So 37 hours. At that point in time, I'd never run anything more than 100, and, 100 miler, so 160 Ks. So, um, yeah, at that point, uh, I was, I think, 90, 90 kilometres deeper than I'd ever gone and, mm. yeah, a lot longer on foot. So I was kind of in the unknown zone. And um, even if you even if you did win, you probably wouldn't have been able to go over to Tennessee anyway because of COVID, right? Um, I would have gone. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've I've gone during COVID. Uh, it yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't have held me back. But yeah, I mean, doesn't really matter in the end anyway because because uh, I I didn't get it, did I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so. So you finished the race, and did you think to yourself, "Oh, this is the best. I want to do this. Is my thing," or did you think, oh, "I might do that again another time"? Or, or what did you think after afterwards? Um. Well, I thought I was a bit of a pussy, to be really, to yeah. to be fair. I, uh, yeah, I guess I had a a lapse in concentration and 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 my mental resolve, and yeah, I guess I. Hate, hate losing more than I like winning and um, yeah it was just that bitter bitter taste which uh, is what I was focused on for a while um, we we only had one backyard ultra in New Zealand at that point in time so yeah I guess I figured I would, I'd come back and, and do it again next year but uh, yeah that, that kind of foiled my plans for a wee while mm. and do, do you remember what um, well actually was it harder than you thought it would be like yeah I mean Effectively, 
that first backyard ultra was still quite early in my ultra marathon career. Like I'd only ever done 100 miler at that point in time. I think I'd done a couple of fifties. I'd done a hundred, but I'd never gone that deep. And essentially like I was very interested in ultra marathon from a, uh, from a neurological standpoint of, of the, you go deep, yeah start to hallucinate and i wanted to explore that that weird zone so uh yeah. in that in that first backyard ultra i was essentially leaning into it like when the weird stuff came i was like cool <laughs> let's dive head first into this i want to see what happens i want to yeah. i want to see animals that aren't there i want to see people running around in the woods that aren't there and just kind of yeah explore explore this weird zone within yeah. my brain so yeah i I was I was I was pushing things and like I was I was sleep deprived. I was probably dehydrated. I was I was malnourished, probably a, bit, a little bit hyperglycemic. So um, yeah, I was I was definitely hurting and and yeah, towards towards the end, I um I, I ran quite a fast lap at one point just to put a bit of steam on on the guy that I was running against and. Um, that ended up probably being my downfall along with a bit of rigorous massage which uh, i think might have popped a tendon loose mm -hmm. and uh yeah basically the next loop after that uh i i was hobbling like i, I limped half a lap so at least three k's i was limping and and that was the last lap that i did um i yeah, pro probably misjudged my abilities at, at that point in time as far as, like, I could have probably kept running. Like, even though I'd limped for that lap, I'd still come in probably two or three minutes faster than I would normally come through. So, but, yeah, I just knew that my knee was buggered and mm. um, and that I was kind of going downhill fast. Did you reach a stage where you were hallucinating? In that first one, yeah. 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 Big oh, cool. Yeah, I was, I was properly, <laughs> properly out of it in that in that first one, and I was um, I was probably a little bit uh, kind of paranoid, delusional, like thinking yeah. people were are judging me, thinking people were talking about me. Yeah, um, really? yeah, 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 and like very tense for the like the last five hours. Um, me and him didn't didn't talk to each other at all, and yeah. we were shoulder to shoulder. So like, yeah, I guess two two alpha dogs just kind of. Do, doing their thing and yeah it was uh you could cut the tension with a knife and i, I felt yeah. like at one point in time there's probably a fight gonna break out oh really <laughs> <laughs> and um so what happened to, did did you run another one between riverhead the the next year or was riverhead the next year the next one you ran uh no so i did riverhead in 2021 yeah i did uh pigs backyard the yeah. inaugural pigs backyard yeah. Uh, at the start of 2022 and I won that um, which was cool because that got me my silver ticket for uh, the satellite champs yeah and then um, and then a couple months later I, I ran the Riverhead race again for 2022 yeah and that was um, the question I had about that one is that I saw there was no last one standing in that one so what what's the story behind that uh, that was a little bit of a fuck up from my my part, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do we run? I think we run thirty six laps or something like that. Uh, 
And basically, I was just like kind of, I was cool, calm, and collected the whole time. Uh, nothing, nothing major out of the ordinary. And then uh, just getting into the into the evening, uh, I run my laps pretty slow, or at least on on that hilly stuff, I run them pretty slow just to just to reduce the damage to my legs, and my hips, and just everything. Mm. And and so. The lads that had managed to stay in the race until the kind of the final few, they had been run, running their laps quite a lot faster than me. Like they would disappear off, and I basically I would only see them in the corral at the start of each lap, or maybe see see them at their tents um, in between. But yeah, so basically everyone would take off, and I'd do my own thing, and that's fine. It was in the last couple of hours that um, yeah, basically old mate started going a bit slower and um and kind of almost dropping back to my pace and without thinking about it my caveman brain just said he's weak attack and uh yeah basically uh i started jogging with him slash walking with him and i noticed that uh when i'd walk he'd walk and normally he wouldn't walk at all he just continue continue jogging and i was like hmm i wonder if i can uh pull old mate down to speed and hold him there and i did so i just i'd walk sections that on that particular course you you basically you walk the stuff that you've got to walk but because there's so much steep stuff like there are sections that you actually have to run or you're gonna you're gonna lose out on time hmm. and so i was walking a lot of the stuff that you had to run and he was doing the same and i was like hmm <laughs> Okay. And so I started doing the math and I was like, what would it take to time this guy out if I if I slowed him right down? Yeah. Like I'm not holding him back. He's he's doing his own thing, but if there's not much time on the clock, I can disappear him and I was getting pretty keen on the idea of having a having an evening finish rather than a midnight or an early morning finish and um and having a few beers with the mates. So um yeah, basically without consulting my, my crew or anything and uh and doing sleep deprived maths which no one should do when they're running uh <laughs> i uh i decided that at this particular point i was basically going to walk them down to it on the next lap and then just kind of gun it gun it through the forest and um just not not leave him a, enough time to <laughs> to finish his lap and um and we did that and boy god we were walking like like we were pushing it and i guess he just i'm not sure if he didn't care or if he wasn't aware or because he wasn't wearing a watch at all which i found fascinating uh, <laughs> and uh yeah got into this basically we've been walking for ages there's i think there's five minutes on the clock left or 10 minutes on the clock left and then we get from this open section of road into a forest and um, come around a corner and then I just take off and like, I've got some, I got some pace. So I was just like, sweet, you're gone, buddy. Like there's no way you can catch me. And I, and I just fear opened up the tank and I'm going, going, going. I look at my watch and I'm like, Hmm, you have four minutes to run a section that, usually takes you about six or seven yeah i was like you really need to go mate so i was going 
and um and there's this little kind of you come out of the forest and there's this last few hundred meters is, is a bit of a chicane section through these flags uh which is where they have the race base and as i come out of the trees they just go three two one done and i'm like no you idiot and i get to the end and um yeah little did i know that i was going off the uh the timer on my watch and at one point on the first day i'd actually stopped my watch right so so the minutes on my watch weren't actually the round the rounded figure past the hour so um yeah <laughs> i was doing rough maths with a watch that wasn't even on time and uh yeah i just i cooked my chips on that one which uh i take on the chin uh <laughs> and i missed out on my uh missed out on my silver ticket which i was a bit gutted on because my initial plan earlier in the year was there are three silver ticket races and then a golden ticket race in new zealand this year mm. i want to wipe the board and win every silver ticket plus the golden ticket yeah um just to just to make a bit of a statement and that kind of that kind of stuffed up my plans because <laughs> i i won both the other silver tickets and i won the golden ticket but i missed out on the on the perfect score yeah. um so do you enjoy the like the psychological aspect of it, of it as well like with the other opponents with the other runners yeah definitely i'm a very very psychological athlete right yeah cool always have been yeah and uh, you mentioned just oh by the way you mentioned rugby what, what kind of stand like did you reach a high standard with your rugby yeah yeah so i mean i was playing senior men's in new zealand um 2016 like i was <laughs> i was playing some pretty hot shit footy uh for yeah my my local club in christchurch and then um and then at the end of that season was when i uh moved over to the us so i was doing like back-to-back back-to-back rugby seasons not giving my body any rest but um yeah just absolutely hammering on it and um yeah i was getting i was pretty good at that point uh, i was very fit uh very aggressive and and yeah just a good solid rugby player but yeah uh I guess I hit my peak and then I kind of started playing around with other things like ultramarathon and triathlon and I was just doing a bit too much and mm. yeah, it is unfortunate, but uh, there's no longevity in, in rugby. So um, I kind of weighed up my weighed up my options and decided I was a better rugby coach than, uh, than, than playing for too much longer because it was only just, uh, it was only impacting my, my main sports yeah sure um so then we've got riverhead that was just a few like a month or so ago and um you were the last one standing but you did it i don't know if it's true or not but everyone was saying you did it with broken ribs Mm. yeah um the race was on the saturday and i broke my ribs on the tuesday or the wednesday man I thought I thought you were going to say you did them like a, a month before and they'd almost healed, but you, they were that fresh. <laughs> oh, they were fresh. Yeah. <laughs> they were proper fresh. Yeah. How did it happen? Uh, it was at a it was at a team building exercise um, for for my work, and um, and one of the one of the 
competition things they had us do was we were at a bowls green and they made us uh, go and pick out pick up items out on the bowls green um, like in individual teams and uh, but they had us blindfolded and and it got progressively worse from like someone would guide you and you'd walk out and you'd pick stuff up to uh, yeah your team would guide you to the point where like they would just have you run to the opposite side of the bowls green, pick up this item and then run back and you'd be blindfolded and you'd have the whole company down one end yelling at you so you couldn't really discern what was going on. And uh, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I just opened up because I was like, if I can do this fast, then, then we can win. So I did it fast, but uh, on the on the return journey, I, um, I ran into uh, one of the big Samoan boys and took a shoulder in the ribs and yeah, he dropped me and... I was, I was instantly not right, and uh, I was hoping I'd come right towards the end of the day. But you know, I was, I was pretty unwell for the rest of the week leading into the race, and I was just like, oh well, she's a bit of a handicap, so, uh, <laughs> but a bit of a leveler, so we'll we'll just crack on and get get the race done. Yeah. Well, like a bowl, bowling green is probably the last place you'd expect to get injured. Uh, it was a it was a a, a turf, bowl. turf bowling green, so it had like it was it was hard pack. It was right. concrete underneath. Oh, okay. And um, did you almost not run at Riverhead because of it? No, no. I mean, I like a challenge. Yeah. Uh, I just saw that as a as a bit of a leveler to bring me down to to the field and and just give me some another problem to deal with. Yeah. Uh, one one problem to fix on top of a laundry list of other problems to fix. Yeah. So did you change any of your usual strategies or tactics to manage the broken ribs? Uh, not really. Uh, not not at all. Apart from the fact that I couldn't I couldn't get a full lung of air uh, without it being horrendously painful. So for most of the race, I just didn't use my lungs properly so i was taking kind of half breaths which is a bit impeding uh because obviously i'm not getting as much oxygen in the tank uh occasionally when i'd get extremely short of breath like because i knew i'd been doing so so much uh half half lung breathing uh, i would i would actively take a full breath of air and it would crunch the rubs ribs up a bit but it, like I'd, I'd get that and i just kind of wince in pain deal with it and at least kind of yeah control my breathing a bit before i went back to the little half breaths um did you keep it a secret from the other runners so it didn't give them like strength nah no nah, no nah. they all knew <laughs> yeah, no nah, no nah, i broadcast that i thought it was funny as hell yeah <laughs> um so it must have been a special race as well because you you won. Laz was there, and like he wrote a poem about about the race, and he referred to you as the legend and the gunfighter. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's some pretty positive talk from the big man himself. So um, <laughs> I, I I definitely appreciated that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have a nickname when when you were doing boxing? You know how fighters have nicknames. Did you have a nickname when you were boxing um not really i find i find 
self-given nicknames a little bit pretentious yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean because there are runners with nicknames like you got the white kenyan you got the backyard king you got running beast so now like laz is referred to as the gunfighter do you reckon like that can be your nickname i mean yeah it could i uh <laughs> i i i guess i don't want to be too proud like yeah if 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 i could exist in the sport and just be a ghost and yeah. and not exist just kind of go on my little pilgrimage to pain and uh and achieve everything i set out to then yeah without a name then that would be great but i guess i can't do that and in all reality i guess with this being more with my running being for more than just me now like for me supporting causes and and people and 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 i, I essentially trying to shine a light into other people's lives i i guess at some point you almost need to have that brand that uh that name or or that uh or that nickname just mm. so yeah they've got something to relate to so i guess yeah if it eventuates it eventuates but yeah as i say if i could just hide in a corner and then come out every now and then and, and do these big races then that yeah. would be my ideal scenario and just yeah let everybody else have have the glory yeah yeah it's like um dorian yates you know the bodybuilder dorian yates his nickname was the shadow because uh -huh. He would just he would train in Birmingham, and the only time anyone would see him was at like the big bodybuilding competitions. And he won Mister Olympia like four times and stuff like that. And yeah, it's kind of like that. Mm. But that trailer for Riverhead looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> it's going to be a sick movie. Have you you haven't seen any? Uh, you haven't had a sneak peek or a sneak preview of the whole thing. I've seen the trailer. Um, I haven't seen any uh, any kind of sneak peek of the of the final product, but I trust it's going to be awesome because um, yeah, they, they make some some awesome videos. I mean, chasing Ponamu and and the likes are phenomenal. So mm. I'm sure this one's going to be uh, of the same caliber. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. I can't wait. I, I keep on checking their um, page to see if it's out yet. Because it says May, so it should be out soon. Really? Okay, sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that then. Yeah. Um, so I saw recently on your Instagram stories as well, you were trying to lure Goggins into trying to qualify for bigs and do a backyard ultra and stuff like that. So did he, re did he respond to you? Nah, I just keep on baiting him. It's just a little bit of fun to see uh, to see if he bites. But I, I actually yeah. think I'm probably a little bit too... Um, too polite to him because he only seems to to respond <laughs> yeah. to rude bastards so maybe i need to up my game and just start heckling him a bit harder like um he's got everything though like if he did a, if he did a backyard ultra like he he would i'd be shocked if he didn't do well like he would have to do well wouldn't he i reckon he might go for a couple of days but with his buggered knees i'd say yeah uh, he might be a little bit past it to be fair yeah yeah do you does he um does he give you inspiration like what he says is like his videos and stuff like that is he like a do you look up to him a bit i've definitely listened to a fair bit of his content um over the years just listening to motivational speakers uh i actually 
I kind of have a problem with some of his teachings of 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 all the teachings that I've listened to, just because I think he's a little bit over the top as far as the the toxicity goes, and 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 what he teaches is is that you're you're a little bitch, and yeah, I mean, for the most part, there's a lot of soft people out there in comparison to people within our ultra distance sport. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, if you're happy with your life and, and you're kind of, you're not pushing outside the box, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess, uh, yeah, I, I push for high achievement, but, but I'm not going to belittle someone because, uh, because they've settled into something that, that they're happy with. And, um, yeah, I just think people need to, uh, be aware of that because, yeah, it's not one size fits all. Yeah. And uh yeah, you you can achieve happiness without uh without being the highest performer in the room. Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. The um so I mean it's obvious that um you've got the right mindset for backyard ultras and but it, like you've got to be mentally tough. It, it looks like like you can you've got a really you're really good at managing pain. But have you always been like a tough dude. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think there's probably two two sections to the answer on that question. It's like, yeah, I I manage pain well, and I've dealt with some mm, gnarly shit during my life, and and so my <coughs> my outlook is that people. People have a, a poor definition of what pain is. Like, pain is losing a loved one. Pain is a long distance relationship. Pain is <laughs> life a lifetime of suffering. Uh, what we deal with in running is just discomfort, mm. and discomfort is survivable. Uh, so, yeah, I. I'm capable of dealing with a lot of discomfort, but at the same time, I manage things in a way that I avoid discomfort for as long as possible. Uh, pe people that see that I do this sport, they say, oh, you're a sucker for punishment. It's like, I am, but I'm not. Like, the whole time I'm doing things in a way that I manage, manage it that, like, it's a lot longer that before I'm in pain than, than other athletes are like you might be in pain in the first few hours, but I might not be in pain for a couple of days. Mm. Uh, I mean, the satellite championship was a, a pretty prime example of that last year. Uh, that was the furthest I've run so far at 308 kilometers. And honestly, like I recovered the best after that race uh, compared to any race that I've recovered from. And uh, like probably a testament to that was once, uh, once my assist Scotty had, um, had given up and it was time for me to do my victory lap. That victory lap was the fastest lap recorded by any runner at the satellite championship in the world that year. I think, I think the fastest lap at that point was 31 minutes and I, and my final lap at, 308 kilometers was 28 and a half minutes just because i was feeling 
on fire. Like I wasn't in pain. I was just kind of warming up. So I could have done another couple of days happily. Yeah. Um, I saw there's one video on YouTube where um, there was the set champs a few, but you, it was before you were in it. Um, Katie Wright one. Mm. And she actually voluntarily, she didn't have to do it. She actually did another lap at the end to make, I'm pretty sure that's how, that's how it seemed anyway. Is that a thing in New Zealand that you do that or is it just she decided to do it that time? Um, I haven't watched that documentary in a while, so I, um, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure as to the additional lap that you're referring to. I uh, mean, so yeah. when I did my victory lap, it was, uh, it was because we'd done one lap together and then Scott didn't start the next lap. So yeah. obviously I had to do one more lap to win. Um, but yeah, possibly Katie did do another lap. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure they said, oh, do you want to do one more lap to make it? 40 like 30 hours or something like that and then she went yeah. on and did it yeah totally <laughs> um so i mean this is obviously the first time we've ever spoken and stuff like that but um you're obviously a pretty um like you're deep thinking like you're deep thinking guy like do, do you have you ever had a mindset coach or anything like that or is you're just a deep thinker no not at all um I, yeah, I, I guess I've always been a bit of a weird dude, uh, far too much time on my own to, to think about things. And I guess that's why I like running, always running and biking. So I've got plenty of time to meditate and go into deep thought. Uh, probably about 2016 when I met, when I went to the US kind of when my whole life changed i kind of went from this kind of one lane road to to spicing it up with sport and travel and all the crazy shit that i've done in the last few years and about yeah 2016 2017 i did start listening to like a lot of uh motivational speakers on like youtube and and stuff like that and like to the point that yeah for probably three years at least i was just playing that type of content on repeat to the point that it's just ingrained in my brain and uh yeah i've got a lot of tools that i that i use in daily life uh as a result of that yeah. a lot of a lot of stoic philosophy and then just a lot of the great speakers of the 20th century yeah yeah awesome the um so when it gets tough in a backyard ultra for you like where do you go mentally and what kind of things go through your mind to keep you going um when it gets tough in a backyard ultra uh i just kind of dissociate really yeah uh, i go somewhere else uh and quite often for for a backyard ultra i'm somewhere else for most of it yeah i'm yeah, I'm away with the fairies. I'm, I'm listening to music. I'm, I'm listening to podcasts. Um, I'm, yeah, med meditating on uh, fundamental concepts of life and random shit like that. You mentioned before that when you were running at Riverhead or one of the other ones, you're running for like six hours with this guy. 
and you didn't say a word with him the total the whole time. Uh, is that is that standard for you? Do you not talk when you're out there to the other runners or? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I think that was just two possibly like-minded people. Right. And um, yeah, I was going into it blind, so I didn't like. I didn't really know backyard ultra or anything. I was just going in there with this aggressive mindset of. I need this golden ticket so I can see my girl. Yeah. You're getting in my way by racing with me. So I had that kind of uh, scrappy aggression from the get-go. And I feel like he, he matched that. So, yeah, we were just – we were tense. Yeah. yeah. He was he, – he's a bit of a legend in, uh, in our sport. He's he's won every race and, and, and got – half the records um, for all the major ultras in New Zealand. So he's, he's a bit of a big deal. And I have, I had kind of fanboyed him in, in previous years. So it, it was definitely a challenge and I was, yeah, I was coming at it with everything I had. So um, yeah, generally though, generally though, we'll have lots of chats because I mean, you're out there for a couple of days shit gets boring if you don't have much of a conversation uh obviously a lot easier if you're on um on flatter courses uh riverhead is not one of those courses uh but yeah you you get you get your opportunities you have yarns especially at the uh the satellite champs by the end of that damn i'd uh i'd heard about everyone's kids and their families and what they did and where they're from and uh yeah, you almost run out of stuff to talk about by the end of it. <laughs> What's um, the biggest problem you've faced during a backyard ultra that you've overcome? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I would say the backyard ultra in Christchurch, uh, that was held in June 2022. And it's the crazy, crazy midwinter backyard ultra. It's uh, held at the beach or in a pine forest on the border of the beach. So mostly you're running through pine forest. There is one stretch where you run about a thousand meters on sand dunes and it's all winding in and out. And then it's also middle of winter. It's frozen, like sub zero the whole time. And you're running under the pine canopy. So uh, even when the sun comes out, it's still frozen under the under the trees. So it's just yeah. cold and sucky the whole time. And I went into that race already having just done the S South Sydney 24-hour um, track race only like two or three weeks before. And I'd really hurt myself like to the point where I went to the doctors and they're like, you've stuffed your hip, you've stuffed your ankle, you've stuffed your knee. Right. Uh, and... <clears throat> Like it took me about six months to heal from injuries from that, but um, basically I went into that and I'd done a, I'd only done a hundred miles before I pulled out because I, I I knew that I was really gonna give myself long term damage if I if I didn't pull out at that point. So hundred miles on the track, which is brutal, like hundred hundred mile road running is pretty pretty hectic, and um, so I went into the crazy backyard ultra with stuffed legs like i already felt like i'd run a backyard and mm -hmm. and i was on the toe in the start line so i didn't know what was going to happen 
Uh, basically just said, like, let's do it. Ran the race and got to the 24-hour mark. Just at the 24-hour mark, I come around a corner and my um and my toe kind of like rolls in my shoe. And as it rolls within the shoe, a whole heap of flesh tears off my um my big right toe. Like, like I'd, I'd say blister, but like it was more than a blister. It was just a huge mass of, mm-hmm. of, of skin. And, um, and I was like, ah, like I felt it burn. Yeah. And, and then I kept running on it and it was just like flesh against shoe against sock against, oh. it, it was not good. And I think I had a, a K or two left to get back to the base and it just burnt and it burnt and it burnt and it stuck and I've never had anything like that in a race before got back to um finish that lap got back to the tent and I just lay down and I like I say to mum I think I'm fucked like I think my race is done and I'm kind of screaming because it's in pain we ripped the shoe and the sock off and uh we bandage it up and I'm just like, shit, I can't even like, Oh, I'll just start this next loop and and see what happens. And I start running on it and, um, yeah, within a hundred meters, I'm good just by luck, I guess. So, um, that, that's, (laughs) that's the most gruesome and hardcore thing I've experienced in a backyard that i've been like oh this is this is me done yeah and and i've managed to pull through and so that was the 24 hour mark and uh i won that one in 35 hours so we still went for another 11 hour 11 hours after that whoopsie yeah well what did it look like at the end when you took your shoe off uh oh mashed up and (laughs) i guess i guess it had absorbed enough sweat that you know when you kind of get all trench footy yeah it's kind of like that and sometimes that's the best thing for a blister is that if it gets all wet because at least then it i guess the nerve endings must die off or something and right. becomes a little bit less sensitive yeah did that take long to like recover from uh yeah i want to say i want to say i didn't run for a good couple of months after that like i'd i'd i'd, I'd injured myself at the South Sydney race, and then I'd compounded that those injuries by doing that Christchurch race. So pretty pretty sure from memory, I chill, chilled out for a couple of months after that. Yeah. So, um, how do you manage sleep in the back in backyard ultras? Do you have like a strict sleep strategy and things like that? I'm um, just sleep as you need, really. Um, if I need sleep, come in, pass out. I mean, even if, even sixty seconds of sleep is a godsend. Sometimes uh, it's, uh, I've had sixty seconds of sleep when I felt like I was dying, and yeah, woken up from that, and it's like I've knocked back five coffees, and I'm I'm good to go, and yeah, basically wait till the sun comes up and hit that diurnal rhythm, and um, yeah, back into it really. Yeah, so you have no troubles going to sleep when you need to? Because some people, they just can't sleep. They just, mm. they try and they just can't, but you can just zonk out when you need to? Yeah, pretty much, um, which is which is a blessing, I guess. 
yeah um, probably probably a few few lads and ladies out there that um don't have that ability and as a result they might not be able to get to that three or four or five day mark mm. do you um have any favorite things to eat during mm. yeah i'm i'm a bit spoiled um my mum and dad come to most of my races and they uh mum puts on a good spread and yeah i'll eat a bit of everything really um so i'll be eating sweet stuff and savory stuff um quite often have a bit of venison and steak and 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 that during the race but yeah pretty pretty consistent on the carbs and yeah. hydration just just getting all the all the goodies in i have discovered a, a couple of things which uh i won't allude to but uh just just a couple of little snacks that um i've discovered in the supermarkets here and in new zealand that um that go well that are savory or sweet and they and they cover my calories and I guess I've trained myself to basically say, like, you need X amount of calories every hour. Uh, you need this amount of carbs. You need this amount of protein, yada, yada, yada. Uh, sometimes you're not going to feel like it. And I have just disciplined myself the last kind of year or so that if I need to get the nutrition on board, I, I force force myself to get it on board during during my breaks i i don't i don't miss an hour uh, of getting getting food on board yeah um what about electrolytes do you have a strategy for like keeping electrolytes in balance like do you have salt tablets or do you just drink tailwind or what, what do you do um tailwind i don't generally like because it's uh just a bit of <laughs> bit hardcore on the on the taste buds yeah uh i generally use this uh cheap drink mix that we have in new zealand called vitasport it's like per per unit of um of of electrolyte it's the cheapest stuff you can get on the market so i just go into the supermarket and load up with that and basically knock back a sachet or two every hour and that so sometimes i'll just rely solely on that for my um for my carbohydrate for my calories for the hour but uh yeah i'm pretty consistent of just knock, knocking back a, a a hydration flask every hour and um and that sees me through and yeah i've never really had any problems so um no nah, salt, salt tablets would probably be a little bit too far for me but that's just with my particular hydration strategy yeah um and you mentioned earlier that you do run with headphones in like mm. What kind of what kind of music do you like listening to? Um, I thra I thrash Ozzy Osbourne and Machine Gun Machine Gun Kelly quite a bit to the to the point where everybody knows in my running circle that those are the two key ones that I'm banging out and um, yeah to the to the point where everybody's sick of hearing Machine Gun Kelly but um, it's just <laughs> something energetic. Maybe, maybe I'm getting sick of it too. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, just heavier stuff. Yeah, quite often heavier stuff or weird shit, like uh, a little bit of tribal music, a little yeah. bit of pa pagan metal, Viking metal, stuff like that. And um, do they know that about it because you're singing along while they're while you're running with them, or how do they know about it? Or you just have it turned up really loud? 
uh, it turned up really loud or I played it <laughs> loud or, or I, like the people, the people that crew me, uh, no. uh, are friends and family. So this, this is the stuff that I'm, I'm playing in general. So yeah. 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 yeah you, my music choice. Did you ever play music when you were like a kid? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I was lead singer and a guitarist in a band in high school. Oh yeah. So, cool. And I've, and I've, Played around with a few instruments over over the years. Another yeah. another thing that's gone by the wayside, so I can focus focus on my uh, on my running. Yeah, and and with the songs that you listen to, is it is are they just is it just music that fires you up, or do you choose specific songs that lock into your cadence? Um, yeah, there's a there's a little bit of that. Honestly, it varies. Um, if I want to get nostalgic and on on my life in America, then I'm listening to some 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 good solid country music. Uh, if I'm trying to get fired up, then it might be metal rock or or maybe even some techno stuff. If I'm feeling a bit weird and yeah, it just really depends. I mean, I'll I'll listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts. Um, one of one of the most memorable parts of of the Riverhead race just gone was i think i listened to a, a three-hour interview of like joe rogan with luke combs and like he's a he's a guy who lives in nashville which is where i used to live and he's talking about country music and he's just got a southern drawl and yeah, yeah and talking about hunting and all, all the stuff that i'm into so um yeah that that's that's kind of just what keeps me entertained and almost keeps almost keeps me company really like uh if i'm listening to a podcast particularly Joe Rogan type stuff. It's like I've got buddies there with me that I'm just, I'm listening in on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't listen to it as much as I used to, but I used to be, I used to listen to Joe Rogan like nothing. Yeah. I would never miss an episode. Since he moved to Spotify for some reason, I, um, I've slowed down a bit, but yeah, I, I still like watching his clips on YouTube, highlights and stuff like that. Very good. Um, so when are you getting to Australia for the Masters? Uh, so I fly in the morning before. So I think I land at like 7 a.m. on the Friday. Yeah. Uh, me and Sean are picking up a, a, a camper van or caravan or something. And, uh, yeah, then we're driving. I guess we'll drive to the supermarket and pick up supplies, and then um, and then we'll drive on to Dead Cow Gully and and set up our camp and basically just make all the preparations and um, and then camp out the night and then get silly the next morning. Are you coming? Are you bringing a crew with you? Yeah. So at the moment, my mum and dad are coming, mm. and yeah, we've got pretty good systems as far as them supporting me. I've got flights booked for my wife as well, uh, and we're just tentative on whether she'll come or not due to whether she can get leave or not. And then also uh, she is definitely not of this strange world that I am. And, mm -hmm. and so, uh, yeah, sit, sitting in a paddock for four days <laughs> <laughs> get, gets, gets it her a wee bit, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll see if she wants to come on the day. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you know if you're going to have your own marquee? Will you be sharing with another runner? Are you not too sure yet or what? Yeah, so I think the race director is um, is providing that type of stuff for us as far as a marquee and 
camping chairs and and all that uh yeah so we can kind of have a centralized base for us kiwis because there's seven of us coming over as runners and then we've obviously got our crew and stuff uh sean collins he's he's got a, a caravan which he's gonna use as his uh as his hq and and then i think help a few other people out with that my mum and dad are, are, are renting out a, a camper van so they're going to use that so uh, yeah we'll all just kind of share as best we can and then um and then when people start pulling out hopefully we'll be able to start looking after each other and make sure um make sure people get the distance that they want yeah. and yeah i uh I, th I think we should have all the resources that we need at this stage well apparently Nanango town's about 10 minutes drive so if you've got anyone to oh there'll be people who can drive down there and pick up any supplies you need yeah no totally I... um so i saw the um i don't know what would you call it a design or logo that the kiwis um made like with the kiwi shooting a laser into the dead cow on the australian yeah. map <laughs> um did you design that one or uh, no, so um, so Sean, I I I had a similar idea, um, but no, Sean Collins, he uh, he created that, yeah, and uh, yeah, basically the kiwi with the laser eyes is um, we we had a unsuccessful uh, flag referendum for New Zealand quite a few years back, and um, it became so farcical that that someone ended up creating a kiwi. Oh, a flag with a laser eye kiwi on it and and it got to the point where like people were like no stuff the other options like we want the laser eye kiwi and yeah <laughs> that, that, that that became this big pop culture thing so um yeah makes sense we're um we're going to use that i'm just uh, i'm just working on getting some apparel for the team manufactured at the moment and um yeah we'll flick flick that on yeah i heard that you're going to have it on a t-shirt yeah, that's yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, um, I, I I personally wanted um, a horde of a horde of angry kiwis um, eat, eat, eating uh, a whole heap of kangaroos and and other native uh, native Australian wildlife. <laughs> but um, yeah, that would have been a lot of effort. And um, Sean 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 did the artwork already, so um, he saved me the job. <laughs> yeah um do you plan each everything well your race is lap by lap like in detail um not not really as far as i just have all of my supplies available and ready to go at any point in time whether it's shoes socks change of clothes different kinds of food uh different hydration and basically it's all there at the ready uh, I'm more particular about recording what goes on every hour, and that way, regardless of if my um, if my crew if my crew want to look through that and check whether something's been missed um, within systems and processes that whether there's things that are supposed to happen every hour or every few hours, and maybe we've missed them, they can they can essentially check that um, or it allows me to to basically retrospectively check through what happened in that race and um and then and then figure out any kind of 
correlation between things that went well or things that went bad and 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 what might have caused them at that particular time mm. yeah cool um so i mean you've made it no secret that you're going to be going for the world record and mm. a lot of people are predicting for the race to go over 100 hours mm. as well um so what will you be changing if anything going in at the masters to go that 100 hours nothing really um i've got i've got some pretty amazing and reliable systems that i've that i've developed over the last half a dozen backyard ultras and and all my other racing and um yeah i'm just going in with the confidence that if i execute and do exactly what i've what i've done at my higher performing races if i can replicate what i did at the um at the satellite champs at um at this yeah basically i see myself going 100 plus um pretty confidently obviously the last couple of d days or that last day get a little bit hairy but um yeah no i I just essentially haven't had uh, the assist to get me there thus far, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to having all the all the key principles in play, including uh, a hefty pack of um, hardcore runners that uh, that know how to go very deep in a backyard ultra. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The um, one of the things you mentioned earlier is that you um starting to get involved in more like um in a charity and running for people and things like that and i saw that you are actually you've got a bit of a uh, drive with this run to raise money for a charity so can you tell me a bit about that as well yeah no it's some, something that i've been meaning to do for a while because i guess with my own running uh when it started or when i got into it, it was i guess a lot very very focused on on my own mental health as as many runners are it's just a good way to clear your head and just yeah uh, keep 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 your noggin <laughs> ticking over and and happy and um yeah i guess i wanted to one day be able to do that for others and and use my running uh in multiple ways to um to to help on a on a mental health front so um we have this charity in New Zealand called I Am Hope, um, and and part of that is Gumboot Friday, and uh, basically it's it's to improve societal um, awareness of, of mental health and and basically help uh, young people um, with with on that front, and uh, yeah, as of last week, I've I've agreed to be. Uh, the newest ambassador for for I am hope so um just doing a bit of a raise at the moment hoping that I can um that I can hit the ten thousand dollar mark uh, mm. before the end of this event um and yeah the money's already flying in which is pretty pretty awesome it's for a good cause and uh yeah as I look to knock more stuff off um this this world record attempt hopefully get that one and then the world world championship later in the year and then maybe some silly stuff like the length of new zealand and some other some other big runs and uh yeah just trying to make make my running 
more than more than just about my journey but but helping other people on theirs yeah yeah cool the um you mentioned bigs um and the thing with bigs is that there is going to be a more minimalist approach at bigs like you're only allowed to have one crew member and things like that so you're going to use or try and like simulate the conditions at bigs a little bit at the masters to just try out something new or try and get used to those kind of bigs conditions Nah, i mean i'm 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 very fluid and very adaptable and that's that's one of my strengths uh give me a challenge and and i'll overcome it so yeah regardless of what happens i i don't think i need a, a trial run of bigs conditions i mean at the end of the day we we're running around in circles for a few days uh, gotten pretty good at that uh, regardless of if i'm in a tent with some with a dozen other people that don't speak english or or whatever um yeah i'm pretty pretty confident going into that so um yeah next next month at, at dead cow it, it'll essentially just be doing anything that i can anything that's required to to get me to that world record mark and um and then when we when we go to uh to bigs in october yeah i think it's just going to be a whole whole different kind of weird at the same time as being very similar to things i've already done and yeah i'll just tackle it when i get there yeah it's um no look it's really exciting because i mean your best is 46 isn't it and just knowing that you can have the opportunity to just double that at least it, it's pretty awesome yeah no very excited for that are there any runners at, that are going to be at the masters that you're looking forward to running with in particular yeah, definitely. Um, pretty keen to meet old Bill Gore. Um, I think we're both following each other on Strava now and probably stalking each other to see see what, what techniques each other's got going on. Um, not that it really bloody matters because it's a it's such a unique format of racing. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of weirdos coming out of the woodwork which, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting more strange bastards like myself. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely looking forward to meeting Harvey. Uh, yeah, just look, look, looking forward to a bit of a racing festival, to be honest. I, I yeah. love the community of these races. I love the format that allows us to kind of go slow. It's not a point-to-point -point race where you basically take off and you can't expend any any energy on chatting to people like this is a very social race format and um yeah this is this this is my this is my form of of meeting people and uh and getting out in the world so yeah look, looking forward to whoever i may cross paths with yeah yeah it's going to be awesome um so seeing as though um you've have, you've obviously got your ticket for tennessee already uh, not yet. So I mean, obviously I got my golden ticket. So um, so I'm qualified. I've uh, I've paid my race entry for bigs. Uh, I have not yet uh, booked my flights. So just just holding off on that until I know uh, where I'm living and what job I'm working and and all that. Yeah. Because uh, I actually <laughs> actually resigned from my job today. Oh, I did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ha handed in my notice. Um effective immediately so um yeah i've been in that role for uh 
for over two years now, and um, and I moved from Christchurch to Auckland. So I moved from the middle of the South Island to the top of the North Island for this job a couple of years ago, and now I've quit it. And I'm like, oh shit! And now I'm stuck in the North Island. So um, yeah, maybe I'll move back to Christchurch. Maybe who knows? Um, what um what what well where were you working before? Like, or what industry? Um, so. <clears throat> I've got an undergraduate and a postgraduate degree um, in agriculture um, and both kind of commerce and uh, in the agricultural sciences. So most of my life I've worked in dairy, cropping, uh, sheep and beef. I basically, from a, from a science standpoint, had a few years working in a, in a government role and in a, I guess, a biological control setting as far as we were eradicating a, a disease in cattle uh, and then um, and then obviously I've had my time in the US doing my rugby stuff but um, yeah a couple of years ago I, I switched into um, into property just for a bit of a change and that's that's where I am now so um, mm. yeah cool so are you just gonna like see what happens are you gonna have a holiday see what happens kind of thing and yeah, well, I've got a couple of awesome offers on 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 the table at the moment, um, and yeah, just working with a few sponsors at the moment and, and drumming up a few more. I mean, effectively, if I could get to the point where I was just running full time and fundraising, which is an option, if I can pull the right levers, then um, then that would be great. But um, yeah, there's a few different things presenting themselves to me at the moment, and I'm kind of building a bit of a pathway. So yeah. The next uh, the next twelve months at least look like they're going to be pretty fun. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, I can't wait to run with you at the Masters. It's going to be awesome to meet in real life and stuff like that. Um, how do people find you and um, donate to um, the charity you're running for and stuff like that? <laughs> Good question. Um, so, yeah, if you wanted to. If you wanted to find me, obviously my name's Sam Harvey, and uh, on Instagram I go by Cloudlander, or Cloudlander underscore NZ, yes. and then uh, the charity. So it's uh, I've got a give a little page and donating to I Am Hope, but my uh, my give a little page is titled uh, Sam's World Record Attempt uh, Fundraising for Mental Health. And uh, yeah, if you if you give me a search up on that and jump on that link and donate, I'm trying to hit ten thousand dollars for for youth mental health by the end of the race, and um, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if we could hit that target. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on, Sam. It's been really good. And, no worries at all, mate. And, I appreciate I appreciate having a chat with you, and, and likewise, I. Uh, I look forward to um, to running with you at the Masters, and I did see you uh, you you dropped me a dropped me a few dollars on the um, on the yeah. fundraiser today, so I appreciate that also. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, I'm going to try and hang in there for as long as I possibly can. Hopefully, make it to 100 myself. So we'll see how we go. Nice. What's what's your what's your current um quick? <laughs> oh, my my current PB is 26. So Oh, just have to do that four more times. Yeah. <laughs> just get your systems and processes, be nice and consistent. I mean, I think 
I think it was Ivo. Ivo's previous best was something like forty-five or forty-six, yeah, and then he, and then he. Yeah, I think it was fifty. Yeah. Yeah, and then he and then he cracked the hundred hundred and one at, at the satellite champs. So I mean, yeah, provide provided you've got the competition and you're seriously going to have the competition this time around. Yeah, anything's possible, just so long as you're kind of ticking all the boxes round after round. Yeah, I think it's the um, it's the mind with me. Like when I finished on my twenty six, I was, I mean, like what everyone said, I definitely could have kept going, but it was just um, I was there was only three left at that time, and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Twenty six is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've made. I'm going to run at the Masters and see how I go. But um, yeah, but yeah, look, I'm not going to stop. I'm driving all the way up from Melbourne for it, so I'm not going to stop at 26, that's for sure. Yeah, make the investment worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if you focus on just the lap that you're in, a big thing that people big thing that people do is kind of set themselves on a milestone. It's like yeah. mile, milestones are shit. Just, just, just shut up and run. And just keep running until someone tells you to stop because you're done. And yeah. then and then that's how you win a backyard ultra. If you get caught up with this big task in front of you, then um then that's how you blow it out of proportion and you're just like, Oh shit, like I've got a huge, huge job ahead of me. I just never focus on the job ahead and just, just the lap that I'm in. It's just like just finish this lap, start and then once that's over, it's just start this next lap and then finish this lap and, and and carry on. You are you are right here, so focus on what's right here, and everything else is of no consequence, really. I think the main problem I have with my mindset is, as soon as I start going negative, I find it really hard to turn to go positive again. Yeah, and for sure. You've, you don't have much time in a backyard ultra. You've got to be able to switch it to the positive really quickly. Otherwise, mm. you'll, just, you'll just turn back or time out or not even get off, off the chair. And the most powerful thing a human can do is change their mind. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, thanks again, Sam, and um, I'll see you in a few weeks. No worries. Cheers, Pato. I appreciate it. I'll, um, I'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Have a good night. You too, man. See ya. See ya. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.